On this week's episode of the podcast, I talk about craving community and how community is not something that you just find yourself in one day, but something that you have to get out there and actively create every single day. I also talk about going through a fairly challenging time with my newborn and how I've had a lot of pain in my body and just a feeling of being overall very weak lately. I had a beautiful reminder this week that when we connect with our physical strength, we are also connecting with our spiritual strength and how it's so beautiful that no matter how far gone we are or how far astray we've been led, we can always find our way back home. And oftentimes our way back home begins with the body. So it's a beautiful little life update from me to you this week. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all-natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day, and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Let's dive in. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show, everybody. Hello, hello. How are you? I wish I could um, hear your answer to that. I'm having one of those moments this morning where I am just really missing people. <laughs> I'm missing you. I wish we were sitting in circle right now or hanging out somewhere fun or having a cup of coffee or I just, I'm, I'm really craving community in my life. And I haven't had that craving sort of as intensely as I am experiencing right now for a while. But I, I really am. I really am. I'm missing community. I miss sitting in circle. I miss leading retreats. I miss teaching yoga. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> Is that weird? Is it weird that I say that I miss you? <laughs> Even if we've never met, like I, I miss you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's going on this week. Well, I do know what's going on this week. We're having kind of a hard week, but I uh, I wish I didn't live as remote as we do. And I haven't had that feeling really since we moved here. I've been really content to live out on the countryside, 
been really content to be here on the farm and out in nature. And I'm still content with that. But for the first time since moving here, I wish it was a little bit easier for me to to meet people. You know, if we lived in Stockholm right now, if we lived in a city, I could just, well, no, I couldn't. I was going to say, I can just put the baby in the stroller, go downtown, go to a coffee house or go to a cafe and meet a friend. And no, I would not be able to do that because I have a baby that fucking hates the stroller. Okay. So this dream scenario in my head is not even true. If I lived in the city right now, I would not be out and about and gallivanting across town with my baby. No. (laughs) If I lived in the city, we would be living in a small apartment and I would be stuck in said small apartment all day and all night. So yeah, I'm glad I got to correct myself. I've just, I've had over the past few days, it's been sort of hard with the baby. And uh, I mean, it's been hard and beautiful and we have really easy moments, but we're having a lot of hard moments. And I just, I, I follow a bunch of people online, which I know I should unfollow them. This is my sign that I should unfollow them. But there's a bunch of people that I follow online and I see them on Instagram. They just had babies. The reason I even follow them is because it's really nice to kind of have a, to share a little bit of that journey with someone. You know, it's, it's interesting. And I think it feels good to follow people that had a baby at the same time as you did, just to see how they're doing things. And, you know, you're kind of in the trenches together a little bit, but I, for some reason, follow a bunch of people online who had a baby at a similar time as I did, but they're just wearing full faces of makeup every single day and they're out at restaurants having dinner with their baby sleeping contently in the stroller every single day and they're going to the gym and taking classes and going to mommy and me groups and just like they have lives (laughs) and I know it's just social media and it's not what it looks like I know and I, I also think it kind of sucks to show only the really beautiful parts of life and only the highlight reel of everything. I think there should be some sort of obligation to also share like, hey, I'm having a shitty time too, because I know they are. No one has a baby and everything is just perfect all throughout the day, every day. No, but it looks that way. And it makes me feel a little bit alone. makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong. It makes me feel a little bit isolated like I've also had that feeling like, oh, I just want to be around more people. And uh, and yeah, so I had that thought, like maybe if we lived in a city, I would, I, it wouldn't be as hard as it's been this week. But I just caught myself in that absolute bullshit. <laughs> it would not be easier. If we lived in, this, lived in the city, I would not be able to swim every day. I swim in this cold lake every day. It's my saving grace, truly. I feel like I talk about it a lot, but it's really, it's one of my, it's maybe my single most important spiritual practice right now is the dips I take in the lake every single day. And I have dipped in the lake every day. I think, I mean, I've missed some days in the summer, maybe beginning of July, I missed some days, but I think, yeah, no, I don't really miss any days anymore. I don't, I'm really committed. I'm in the lake every day. If I lived in the city, I would not have that ability at all. I wouldn't have a garden. I wouldn't have my bare feet in the grass on the earth. I wouldn't have a forest around the corner. 
I wouldn't have this peace and silence that I crave so much. I wouldn't have the space. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on, truly. And the grass is always a little bit greener, not always, but we it's normal to go through phases where you feel like the grass is greener somewhere else. But I'm glad I got to just correct myself in the truth of I don't want to live in a city, but I also wish I had some community here where we live. And I really don't. And I'm sure I could create that. I haven't made any effort, any effort whatsoever to make friends out here. Because there's people here. It's not like we live in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's there's people here and families and people with kids. And we have a few neighbors that we spend some time with, but not really. I haven't made any in-depth relationships or anything like that. Leah has. Leah has made good friends here, which I'm so grateful for. But I haven't really focused on that at all. And I think it's it's funny how that often is the case. The thing that we're craving or missing, oftentimes we haven't put ourselves out there to actually go get or go create that thing. And community is not something you just end up in, right? It doesn't just happen on its own. Community, life in community is an active process. It's something that you actively make happen every single day. And I have done no such thing. <laughs> I have been very content to not see a single soul out here for many, many months. Actually for, yeah, I, I think the past couple of years of my life, I've been a little bit more of a hermit. Like I have not had any craving to go, yeah, to go really do anything. Dennis always says, like, even when we lived in Aruba, he was like, you were always so content to be home. And I think I've, I've always thought of myself as an extrovert, but I think I have a bit of both. I definitely have the ability to be out there in the world and see tons of people. And I have lots of friends. And, you know, I used to be on stage teaching yoga to groups of a thousand people. I don't think introverts do that super easily, but I also recharge in solitude. And that's really something that's true about me that I didn't always know. I need that quiet time. I need that alone time. And the past couple of years, I've been more in a face of feeling more depleted when I'm around a lot of people and like I'm recharging when I'm alone. And um, I had a burnout and lots of things play into that, of course. But this this week, yeah, I've really had that feeling of I just wish I wish I could go around the corner to someone's house and like have a cup of tea. Or that I had some mom friends here in the area that I could just vent with about the baby. And I have friends that I talk to. I have my best friends that I talk to every day and that I really share with and I, that I could open up with and be honest. And, you know, we call and we do a lot of voice notes and a lot of texting all throughout the day. It's not like I'm alone. No, I, I have I have community. I do but not where I live, not here. And I don't have that physical face-to-face -face connection with people. Uh, very rarely, especially now that I have an eight-week-old that despises the car. <laughs> we can't go anywhere. I mean, we could, but it's not worth it. <laughs> Obviously, we could. We can soldier through anything, but it's not worth it. Nothing is worth a small baby screaming off the top of his lungs for 45 minutes straight. There's uh, there's nothing that's worth that. No. <laughs> so we're not, we're not really going anywhere. But 
it's different. You know, anyone who's had a baby, who had a, a mom friend that had a baby that you could meet and go for walks with and spend time with and vent with, like it's a different, it's a different feeling. And I have Olivia, one of my best friends. She has a baby four months older than Finn's. So we're not in the same stage, but we live really far away and both of our babies hate the car. So we haven't found any kind of flow yet where we're able to kind of spend this maternity leave together. Like it's kind of sad that we're, we're both on maternity leave, but we, we, we can't really hang out right now. Yeah, so that's a little bit where I am. So I just sat down and I'm like, oh, I get to talk to these people today. I get to talk to my community, my friends, my people. But I wish I could see you and have an actual conversation face to face. So there are ways to do that. I mean, I used to do live sessions. I used to do, we used to do so much where I had more of that online connection with so many of you. And it's been a long time since I did. I want to get back to that. But I also know if I were to add that to my calendar in this moment, it would just completely overwhelm me because, yeah, as I said, it's, um, it's a hard week. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I'm faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So why is it a hard week? I really, I don't know why it's a hard week. Finn, our, our darling, like darling, sweetest, cutest. He's, he's so smiley now, which is just the most amazing thing. His whole face has just opened up. He's much more, <laughs> I think I shared last week, like he's less potato, <laughs> but really you can see the difference now pretty much like day by day, how so much is shifting. Like he's really sturdy and steady now. He's trying to sit. He doesn't want to lay back at all. If you just, you're holding him facing front, facing forward, you lean back in your seat a little bit. He does a sit up right away. He's like, nope, nope. Doesn't want to lay back. Wants to sit up, wants to see everything, wants to be a part of everything. Doesn't want to lie on the floor on a play mat. Doesn't want to sit in like that little baby bouncer thing. Like he wants to be at the table. 
Um, he would prefer to have his own seat, but he's not big enough to sit. Obviously, he's not big enough to do any of those things. So he's, I think he's in a, a stage where his body isn't really where his mind is. And it's frustrating him. And I think he's in a big growth spurt and it's overwhelming him. Like that's just a feeling that I have. So in his happy waking moments, which are really beautiful, he's just smiling and we're getting his laughter now, which is so beautiful. We have a bit of routine going where we kind of, you know, we know what he wants when he wakes up and kind of, we know the window that we have and his favorite place in the house to hang out is the bathroom. We have this big bathroom with big windows. It's full of light. And he was born in that bathroom. So I'm wondering if he just feels very at home there. But you put him on the changing table in the bathroom and the dude is just stoked. Like he can just, he can lie there for 30 minutes smiling at nothing. <laughs> like we have a, he loves the lamp in the bathroom. Like he will just stare at this lamp and then look at us and Leia can stand next to him by the changing table, just smiling at him, talking to him for like 30, 45 minutes, like forever. That's a long time for an eight-week-old baby, by, by the way. It feels like a short time, but it's a pretty long time. And then what happens when that waking window is over and he starts to kind of, okay, I'm done now. Then we have like a little window after that happy time where we're kind of walking around the house trying to entertain him, you know, going to a different room, changing positions, maybe bouncing him up and down. Like we're just, you know, finding some new toys. Like he has some toys now to look at and not really that he's playing with stuff. He's still an infant, but you know, stuff, stuff that we hang <laughs> over him. You know what I mean? And and then he'll be kind of happy and then he gets a little bit like, mm, no, I'm done. And he starts to get tired. And this is when things start to just kind of suck. <laughs> he gets tired, whereas before he would get tired and he would kind of get like, I'm tired now, like I want to sleep. And then I could either feed him and then he would fall asleep kind of on my shoulder or something. He doesn't want to fall asleep anymore on the boob. He doesn't want to fall asleep on me, on anyone after eating, like even though he's really tired, he rubs his eyes like, he, you know, he's ready for sleep and he doesn't want to go down. He resists. I don't know if life is too exciting. The world is too interesting. There's too much going on. Or he's, he's even if I catch the first little yawn, like, you know, I, I don't I don't let him get into overtired space. Like I'm really good at reading his signs. Like, OK, he's ready, ready to sleep. He doesn't want to sleep. And the stroller doesn't work. And I'm really doing this thing where I'm trying the stroller because I know you have to kind of keep trying or it's never going to happen. And I put him in the stroller and it's just, it doesn't work. And he gets really pissed and then he's crying a lot. And then I, yeah, we have that long, like, it's like every time it's time to sleep, it's just a struggle now with a lot of crying and it sucks. And it's so normal. <laughs> It's so normal. It's textbook, newborn, like, yeah, it's normal. It's not weird. Nothing's wrong, but it just sucks. And I feel like I get to just hold that. I get to to honor that, that it sucks. <laughs> I'm allowed to experience many things at once. We don't have to have just one experience. It's not like postpartum time, new motherhood has to be either either we're grateful and so happy and everything is beautiful or it's super hard and challenging and shit. Like it can be both of those things, all of those things, all at the same time. 
and shift in a matter of seconds, minutes throughout the day as well as you go through these high highs and low lows and a lot of gray area. And it's just, it's beautiful and hard. It's so beautiful and so hard. Oh my God. So I find myself now, like I have a little bit of anxiety walking through the day, knowing that like his crying time is coming. And it, and it is all the time. Before he sleeps, he cries. And newborns cry. It's how they communicate. It's like, you know, it's also crying strengthens their lungs and crying activates their system and crying does a whole bunch of stuff for them that's good for them. Not incessant crying forever and ever, but like, you know, it's not like a newborn crying is a bad thing. If he didn't cry, that would be a bad thing, right? It would be scary if we had a newborn that never cried or never said anything. But just knowing we have to go through this kind of crying struggle where he fights sleep before he gives up and then he sleeps. And the only place he will sleep in the day, the only place he will sleep is in the carrier on me. (laughs) And usually now we have to also like bounce him. And it used to work that I just, I would go outside or I would go to the living room and I would just kind of bounce up and down with him in the carrier and sing a little song or make a weird little noise like, like it's so insane it really is in the moment I mean there's nothing you won't do to get your newborn to stop crying or to get them to sleep but it's so funny when you you hook on to like a certain noise or sound or a certain form of movement or a certain sentence maybe like it's all right it's all right it's it's okay it's okay it's okay you hook on to something and then if the baby stops crying for like a second, you're like, ooh, this thing is working. So I'm hooking onto this thing. And then like a like a psychopath, like a crazy person, you're just bouncing in this weird way, like on your toes. And you're like, it's okay, darling. It's okay, darling. Yes, it's okay, darling. It's okay, darling. And you say that 10, 20, 30, 100, 200 times. <laughs> like no scenario in regular life is this normal right it's so 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 we do we do the weirdest shit but we do literally anything and you find yourself in pain right bouncing your baby like this hurts me yeah that that doesn't matter at all like you don't shift positions for shit if it's working you continue doing that like I'll be on the Pilates ball bouncing him which normally really works sometimes doesn't work but normally it works and it's hurting my back and I'm holding him in this certain position while he's strapped in the carrier and it's killing my shoulders and my neck and like nothing's, nothing's good for me, but he's falling asleep. Like I'm going to keep doing that, right? I'm going to literally injure myself, hurt myself, (laughs) put my body in the most contorted, messed up position for hours on end. If it means that my baby is content, if it means that my baby's asleep and it's really fucked up, like it really is. We shouldn't, I don't know if that's the right the right word should or should not. You know, in no other scenario in my life would I compromise my own well-being to make someone else happy. No, never. You know, that would that would never happen, but like for a baby, yeah. And now at night particularly, so days are okay. Like it's he has it's not long windows of crying in the day. It's just like a little struggle and then he sleeps. And then he can sleep 2-3 hours in the carrier. Like I'm really grateful he actually does sleep. But sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he sleeps for 25 minutes and then he's like, fuck this, I'm awake now. You know, and then we start the whole thing over again. But in the evening now, we have like issues. I don't know. It's just, 
after dinner time, from dinner time until 10, it's not fun. So he won't sleep at all, but he's also not happy, right? So it's like we're balancing that misery, really terrible screams that make you want to crawl out of your skin and just run away. Or it's that kind of not really content complaining that's that feels a little bit like someone, you know, dragging their fingernails across the blackboard. <laughs> you know, that like, mm, he's just unhappy. And we're, ba- we're going between those two stages kind of for a couple of hours. It's like two to three shitty hours in the evening now. And that means Dennis and I normally, we have a little window in the evening when Leia's gone to bed and we might watch a show or we might sit down and talk or we might, you know, light a candle, drink a cup of tea. We have a moment as semi-adults where we get to just check out from stuff a little bit. And now there's no way that's happening. Like we have no, none of that. Like we're not really eating together. One of us is holding him while the other one's eating. Like it's just, it's just a bad time. Okay. Evenings are not great. And then something happens at 10 o'clock. It's like his system realizes it's night, nighttime now. And he goes to sleep and he stays asleep. And then he's in bed, fully understanding that this is nighttime, doesn't wake up. He wakes up a little bit to feed, but he doesn't cry. No crying at night. We've never had cries at night, which is, I have to knock on some form of wood here. (laughs) Like since he was born, he doesn't cry in the night. He just wakes up enough to kind of complain a little bit, let me know like he's hungry, and then he eats. And then he goes right back to bed. So I'm so grateful. We have no crying at night, no getting out of bed at night, which is amazing. And in his little system, he gets that nighttime happens, but it happens at 10 o'clock. And then I go to bed with him and I go to bed already exhausted, didn't have a chance to connect with Dennis, didn't have, you know, I didn't have any me time. You know, it's just been mom time from waking up in the morning till passing out in bed, (laughs) pretty much. And um, it's hard, man. It's hard. And I, I feel a little bit like I'm a little bit challenged around just also how to communicate that it's hard because... I I try to share when I share on Instagram, I share usually on Instagram stories, just how our days are. And I try to be very authentic and truthful about what's happening. So when I'm really happy and grateful, I share that. When things are great, I share that. When things are fucked, (laughs) I share that. When I'm in despair, when I'm sad, when it's hard, when it's overwhelming, like I share it. And sometimes people write me like, I can't believe you're complaining. I cannot believe you know, you who have it so easy, you have everything, you know, how, how can you sit here and complain? Like imagine people who don't have what you have and hearing that makes me feel like that's an internal feeling of fingernails on the blackboard. <laughs> like it, it just, oof, like the last thing, last, last thing I ever want to do is come off as ungrateful or like I'm not fully in appreciation for all the blessings that I have because I know I'm so blessed I'm super aware. I mean, I'm so, so aware that so many of my circumstances are amazing. You know, everything from the fact that I have a partner, I have a husband who's in the trenches with me, like that alone is a blessing. We get to live the way we live, like that is a blessing. The fact that Dennis can put the baby to sleep, like he's sleeping in the carrier on him right now and has been for two hours, like that is a blessing. You know, it could be the case that he only, only would 
be on top of me or not sleep in the day at all. Like there's a lot that I'm so grateful for. The fact that I can sit here and record this podcast and that this is the work that I do, that I don't have to leave my house. I mean, the list is really endless and I am holding gratitude in my heart all day. I truly am. But I also feel like I I have to share when things are hard. I don't want to be those girls on Instagram that that sit there with a full face of perfect makeup in like really skinny postpartum bodies going to dinner every day having like something that looks like a really perfect easy time. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to you. <laughs> to the many many people who follow me who are going through something similar. I don't want to make you think that that everything is just perfect and easy over here because it isn't. Right? It really truly isn't. So I hope I have some sort of balance there in how I share and also on the podcast, you know, that there is a, that you feel that this is really truly from the heart and not, not me sitting here complaining every week, right? So yeah, I'm just trying to be very mindful how I share without filtering myself, without feeling like I'm not allowed to have feelings and for things not to be allowed to be hard for me just because I have blessings in my life, right? Because yeah, that's that's bullshit too. We all have hard things and we all have easy things and beauty and hardship and and it's life, right? Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. So this week it's just been, mm, I feel it in my body. I've been bouncing on that goddamn Pilates ball so much that my lower back is just giving out on me. And, um, and I, it's just, every time I stand up, I have to kind of support myself with my hands a little bit. And I got to a point yesterday where I started to feel just so broken in my body, really not yesterday, maybe the day before yesterday. I just, I, I start, I'm feeling really, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling worse this week in my body than I have, than I have been. And that feels like a bad trend, <laughs> right? And I'm getting on my mat every day. Like there is a window every day where Dennis takes him and I get to be on my mat. And depending on the day, sometimes it's 10 minutes. I've had windows where I get 40 minutes. Like I had a 40 minute practice the other day that blew my mind. And I felt so good and strong and amazing. And at some point every day I go down to the lake and I take a dip. And sometimes Dennis comes with me. Oftentimes I just run down and I take my dip and I go back up. Yesterday, I went down with, with Finn and my brother, and Finn cried the whole entire time. <laughs> my brother, who like, 
he he doesn't know babies so well. Like this is Finn is his first experience with a with a baby at all. He lived in LA when Leia was born, and we were in Aruba, so he didn't have. He, you know, he met her as a baby, but he didn't spend time and like not we see him every day almost. You know, he's really a part of our unit. But my brother, he's yeah, he doesn't know babies, and I was like, okay, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to hold him now. I'm taking my dip, even though he's sad. Like I I I'm not missing my dip. Like you gotta hold him. And then just how he holds him. <laughs> you know, have you ever seen like someone hold a baby that clearly doesn't know how to hold him, <laughs> hold the baby, but he really wants to and he's really trying. It's not like he doesn't want to hold him, but it's so stiff and like awkward. And you see Finn like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? Like, it's just not comfortable. And his little head is like bobbling, wobbling, wobbling all over the side, over the place. And... uh <laughs> I just run down, take my dip, and the, he's just screaming, you know. So it's not as it's not always peaceful. My my little my little dips that I have, but it's been it's really been this weirdly challenging time of just realizing that the things I have to do to keep my baby content, like it's really it's really painful for me. And I would love to find a sustainable way where it wasn't that wasn't the case. And I tell myself, okay, well, I'm going to work on my alignment now. So when I'm bouncing him, I'm going to really engage my core and I'm going to sit up tall and I'm grounding my feet to the earth. And I start off that way. But then, you know, two minutes into a baby screaming, like you, that, that goes out the window. It doesn't matter. No longer matters. My well-being no longer matters at all. As long as he is content, as long as he sleeps, as long as he stops crying. <laughs> and these past few days, I've had so much pain in my body that I just had a moment like, I can't continue this. This is not, this is not going to go well. And a, a reason, it, it really dawned on me, a reason I have this much pain in my body. It's not just that I feel tension from, you know, poor alignment and carrying him all day and nursing. I'm rounding my spine. When I nurse at night, because Finn has a little bit of reflux, it kind of comes and goes I don't nurse him lying down anymore. I used to just do this side-lying nursing where, where he's on the bed next to me and I just turn and feed him. But he really needs to be a little bit more upright and I don't want to mess with our good nights that we're having. So I actually sit all the way up at night now. I like make a little thing with pillows, but I'm really not comfortable. Like I just, I just pick him up, I put him on the boob and then I realize, oh, this is not a great position, but I'm here now. Let's just, I just feed him and, you know, give him his 15 minutes or whatever it takes and then go back to sleep. It's just continuous poor alignment, like all the time. And it's not just the tension of that, but it's also the, that I'm really weak. And I realized that the other day, just of, I'm, I'm, I really have lost the majority of the strength that I had in my body. I didn't start this pregnancy off from a super strong place. I did not. I wasn't in great, you know, epic shape when I got pregnant. Um, when I got pregnant with Leia, I was super strong. I was really, yeah, moving so much all throughout the day, every day. I was. I started that pregnancy out from a really strong place. And this time, no, I didn't at all. And I can feel that in my body, not just because of the pregnancy, but just that I have this kind of, yeah, I'm not as strong as I used to be. And the fact that I'm lacking a lot of strength in all of these areas of my body means that I'm, 
I'm just carrying more than I can carry, literally, <laughs> physically. So I decided a couple days ago, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start building some strength and I have to actually work on that actively. I can't just wish for that to magically happen. So what I did is I reached out to this personal trainer that Leia and Leia and I, no, Dennis and I, Leia has never been a part of, of that. Um, Dennis and I saw a personal trainer at the gym at the very beginning of pregnancy. We started, I think, I actually think she was the first person we told that we were pregnant. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about this. I think we had booked a session with her because we started going to the gym realized we had no clue what we were doing at the gym and then booked like an introductory introductor introductory is that a word <laughs> we booked an introduction intro intro we booked an intro gym thing with a pt <laughs> introductory i feel like that's a word is it a word it is a word well we booked that session with her and I think the day before or something, a couple days before, we found out that we were pregnant. And then we see her and I'm like, okay, this is the kind of person that needs to know, you know, like we're going to work with our bodies. It's early pregnancy. I have no idea what we're going to do at this gym, but you know, like it makes sense to just tell her. So I think she was really the first person that that, that found out about, about us being pregnant. So I think we did, I don't know, maybe five months or something at the gym with her here. And it felt good in the beginning. It felt really good to have a routine. It felt good to move together. We have never been gym people. We've never, ever been at the gym. Um, Dennis, you know, bikes, runs and swims. He does his triathlon thing. I do my yoga thing. And sometimes I run like that's, that's, that's how we move. We've never been to the gym, literally like ever, ever. We had never done like, like I, we, we, we'd never been gym people, you know, I'd never done really a push-up. I, I would do chaturangas, which is a lowering down. We don't really push back up in yoga, you know. And it felt really good just to, to, to learn and to find a different set of alignment and to just focus on, on getting stronger. But I only felt that in the very beginning because as soon as I got bigger and I got bigger so fast, I had a belly really, really, really early and I started getting pelvic floor pain and pubic bone pain. And it wasn't like going to the gym made it better. It got to a point where I think I was around five, five, maybe six, no, I think earlier than that, where I had to just keep stepping back. Like we would go to the gym and I would do less and less all the time and gentler and gentler stuff and less and less weights. And, and I still started feeling, I still felt like it didn't feel stable. I didn't, I didn't feel good. Yeah. I just didn't feel good in my body at all. So we stopped even though I had this idea of, okay, it would be so great to just keep going to the gym, keep building or maintaining some form of strength, not building strength, but at least maintaining what I have. But yeah, that, that did not fly. So the last months of pregnancy, I didn't move at all and just focused on kind of getting through the day without too much pain. And then two days ago, I realized, okay, well, I need to, I need to get back to some level of strength so that I can carry this baby so that I can move through my day, so that I can, you know, nurse at night and not feel excruciating pain in my upper and lower back, which is where I'm at now. And I called her, I called the same trainer that we saw, or I, or I texted her and I was like, hey, I'm eight weeks postpartum, everything hurts and everything sucks. 
can we uh can we book a home session like is that something that you do is it possible and and you know do you have some stuff for me at this stage because it's not like i can just go to the gym and do whatever you know i really want to be very very mindful and do things in the right order in the right way and start slow and and she was like hell yes absolutely like i can see you next thursday at at nine. and i'm like um like like do you have anything tomorrow <laughs> can we start now <laughs> and she was like okay let's go so she came and she came this morning and uh i didn't really know what to do with the baby it's my f- my first appointment of any kind since finn really was born so i just said we're gonna wing it if he cries in the middle of session i'll just be breastfeeding mid session like we'll we'll make it work and It just worked out so perfectly that he woke up right before she came. And then we did just, I nursed him just while we were talking kind of about how I was feeling and how the end of pregnancy was and how labor was and all of that. And she had a little plan for me. And then he went to sleep and slept with Dennis or on top of Dennis the whole session, which was just so, yeah, it felt really serendipitous. And we did just some really basic stuff, like really, it's not, not nothing mind-blowing or complicated, just, she just gave me some really basic exercises. I'm just using my body weight that I'm going to cycle through and, you know, some glute work, some very gentle beginning of connecting to core work, some shoulder and back strengthening stuff. And it's really simple, like super basic, but she really had me run through these things and I was sweating by the end even though I felt like this is so gentle and so easy I was sweating by the end I felt like I really got to engage in my body and I haven't had that feeling in such a long time like really like I I I had to yeah really connect like dive in there (laughs) and really I really got to move And it reminded me and she reminded me that honestly, it's not about, it's not always about the kind of movement that you're doing. It's not about, you know, like, like it's black and white, like you're either doing nothing or you're doing everything and you're back at it. It's just even a little bit of movement gives you forward momentum. A little bit of movement lights a fire inside. Moving your body physically also moves stagnant energy inside of the body. And here is my baby. Hi. Hello. Wait, little guy. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Moving our bodies moves stagnant energy inside. It moves our emotions. It moves our spirit, literally. And, you know, starting to feel just a hint of a little bit of strength in our physical bodies also strengthens our spirits. I mean, that's really so 
It's really so simple and so obvious and so important to remember. And she was saying, she was like, hey, you're going to have days where you can't get to these things, right? Like she gave me a whole little program to do um, and to do three or four times a week. Like that's it, not every single day. And she says, there's going to be days where you wanted to do it and you couldn't and it's not working out. And if you're, while you're in the kitchen waiting for the kettle to boil, like do one of these things using the kitchen counter, like take two minutes and do one of these things. And like that alone is going to give you a huge shift in energy inside. And it's going to keep that commitment to your body and that commitment to movement. And it's not all or nothing. It's not either I get this perfect and get this right. And I do this whole hour, this whole entire program in one go, or I don't do anything. It's like you do what you can, but commit to returning to, to moving. Commit to building strength again. Like commit to coming back home to yourself, to that inner strength. And, and things are going to start shifting. You're, you are going to start feeling different. And I so resonate with that. And we did that like hour of movement. And I felt so good afterwards. It was hard. I felt strong, even though we're doing such basic things. I just, I felt like, okay, I, I'm here. Like I'm alive. I'm alive. Um, eight weeks postpartum. This, uh, actually almost nine, this little guy turns, he turns one month today on f like the day this podcast is out Friday. He, yeah, he's two months. <laughs> so yeah, he's two months. I'm two months postpartum and, um, I still have strength. I'm not as weak as I think, like I'm in there. There's fire inside of me that I can dig deep and find. I just have to remember that, you know, forward momentum continues to build forward momentum and doing just a little bit goes such a long way. And then after she left, I uh, walked down to the dock. Finn was magically still sleeping and I took my dip. I went for a longer swim this time, just feeling good in my body. Like I could actually swim a little bit further than I normally do. And then got back to the dock and I just sat there in the sun, naked, just feeling so strong and feeling so connected to my body in a way that I haven't in weeks. And I, the first thing really that I couldn't stop thinking about giving birth to Finn, that level of strength that I found that I encountered there that night uh, I, it's, it's so funny how, you know, that's probably the strongest I have ever felt in my entire life. But then as soon as I got deep in the trenches of newborn hood, newborn Ness, I, I really lost that feeling almost right away. And I felt so yeah weak and tired and in pain. And especially this past week, like, oh, like I feel far away from anything that resembles strength. And just having this little return to movement in this way reminded me of, oh my God, hey, I'm the strongest person I know. I birthed a 10 pound baby completely unassisted alone in my bathroom on purpose. <laughs> like I, I really, I really am. I'm, I am really strong. I have all that strength that's in there. All that fire is in there. I just need to ignite it, right? I just need to remember it and return to it. And it is a really important thing to remind ourselves of that no matter 
how far gone we are, no matter how much we feel like we've been led astray or how far away we feel from ourselves. Like there's always a path back. And the, that long journey begins with the very first step. So that thing that you want to return to, that feeling that you want to evoke in your life or in your body, that thing that you're longing for, there is a first step that you can take that's going to eventually lead you toward that. And that action of taking that very first step already can bring about the feeling that you're longing for, even if it is 10,000 miles away, right? Because it's not like through one single session, like I changed something profound in my body, like all of a sudden I'm much stronger now or I'm back to, to something that was pre-pregnancy. No, it takes time and it's okay that it's going to take time. You are on your way and that's what matters. Thank you so much for tuning in here with me today. I can tell this little guy is done eating and probably is ready to go hang out on his changing table in the bathroom. Have a really beautiful weekend. I hope you take good care of yourself and especially that you take good care of your body. Thank you so much. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.